another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing good, Jody. I'm doing really well. How about you? I'm doing good, too. I'm not going to complain about too much. I'm going to do that and save that for today's episode. Yes. (laughs) Do you feel like there is a change coming for you? The change has already happened. Yeah. It's not even that it's coming. It's already happened. Do you feel like a better man from the journey? No. (laughs) No. All right. Let's explain, shall we? Yes. Both Mac and Windows have new operating systems coming. Mac is about to go on from Big Sur to Monterey as the time of recording this episode. And Windows is about to roll out Windows 11. Oh, boy. Yeah. So we thought we would talk today about when should you upgrade your operating system on your production system. Yes. Yes. Fair warning to all Windows users out there that this will be a (laughs) Mac-centric topic. But a lot of the things that we're talking about will be valid for PC or Windows users as well. Some of the advice here. So let's hope. Even though we end up talking about Mac. Let me post the question to you, Jody, then Mm -hmm. right off the bat. New OS comes out. Do you jump on it right away? Yes or no? Currently? No. Currently? No. No. Years ago? Damn right I did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were one of the early adopters of... Bleeding Edge. Like when OS X came out. Oh, yeah. I jumped on OS X immediately. Like almost immediately, yes. Because that that was a big change because obviously not just the underlying code, but everything, the way it looked and the way that plugins and everything had to run was different. So that that was a sea change when it came to to the Mac, at least, right? Yeah, and one of the biggest reasons why I started early on with it was technically almost like giving myself a limitation, like having a four-track cassette machine, mm-hmm. like the Tascam Porta 1. And the reason for it was is it got me back to being a bit more creative in a sense of like, shit, I don't have my plethora of plugins yet. So I was kind of stuck primarily with what came with Logic because that was like really the first DAW that went into OS X. Yeah. And I had numerous friends that were like, dude, I'm not going off OS 9 for as long as I can help it. And I know the main reason why was because they had tens of thousands of dollars worth of software that was cracked that they were running and that they direly needed for their work and they hadn't paid for it. And I get that. It's not something I condone, but I get it. And for me, having gone to OS X early in the game, whenever something new finally arrived on OS X, I was able to immediately purchase it and not feel the sting of dropping tens of thousands of dollars all at once to get all the plugins Yeah. Again. There was a time when plugins were a lot more expensive than they are today. <laughs> so This is true. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that was a big thing. And I think uh, you've touched on that in previous episodes. I think you you justified it there. Just like you said now, it was a way to make the migration process actually smoother because it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't, oh, I have to invest a huge amount of money to kind of get up and running right off the bat, mm-hmm. you know? So that that's a big one, you know? But It is. But that was what, the last time I was truly, in my mind, bleeding edge. <laughs> Right. So what made you stop doing that? Because I've, I might have done that around the same time in a similar way, but I think I've always been at least 
a month behind you <laughs> because I, I've always like, okay, well, if it worked for him, really <laughs> yeah, I, I can always call George or I can call Jody, right? Because they're going to be up on it. You know, I'll ask the question again, what made you stop doing that? It was around the time that might've been around the time of Sierra or high Sierra, where mm. I still had the cheese grater Mac pro that I had. Right. And I believe that was no longer capable of running if it was Sierra or High Sierra. I can't recall which OS it was that stopped running on the old Mac Pros. And then I ended up having to hack the machine in order to run the newer OS because yeah. they were trying to get rid of whatever chip they were running. And that's when I kind of stopped because that became a major pain in the ass. Then that machine died unmercifully in a power surge through battery protected backup system, the APS. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that Gigantic brutal. storm that had a surge of electricity that just, it fried everything. And that was unfortunate. So I ended up getting a new machine that was capable of running the OSs with no issue. It was easier to kind of stay up to date. However, in the last couple of years, developers are having a harder time keeping up. Yeah. No, there have been some some drastic changes on the OS level here with not only the uh, implementation of, of finally just going like 64-bit some while ago, right? Mm -hmm. Then how with the new M1 chips and all this kind of stuff. So there are these hurdles now for them to, to kind of overcome. Yes. You know, you brought up a lot of points there okay. that we're actually going to talk about. <laughs> so let's take a, a step back and say, well, what would be the pros and cons of immediately wanting the new OS. And the first one I can think of and I can relate to is people want the newest, shiniest thing. Right? It's like, ooh, yeah, this is awesome. You know, sure. it, that, I mean, that appeals to us on a very human level, I suppose. Right? <laughs> but it's like, ooh, yeah, I got, yeah, I'm not slumming it two OSs ago. What's wrong with you type of thing, right? Yeah, I, for me... I don't know if I necessarily care about the newest look or the shiniest toy in that regard. I'm more about what extra functionality am I getting? That's well, I'm the not saying thing. I agree with that mindset. I'm just right. saying that that's a reality. I mean, there are people that I know on, on certain music boards and things that, that they're just like, yeah, I'm jumping in with both feet. I, I don't care. I'm going for it and see what works or not. People that even download the public betas and things mm -hmm. like that. Yes, I yeah. don't do that anymore. No. I, I prefer to get paid brave. for my beta testing, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. And I still yeah. feel like I'm beta testing shit, even though I'm not getting paid for testing OSs anymore. And if you are, you know, if that's your income, that's your line of work, it, it's time that you don't have, you can't afford to, to, to spend doing that kind of stuff. So I think that's why a lot of people who are in this business tend to not stay on the bleeding edge because, again, you got a working solid system. There's no reason to upgrade type of thing. Right. Unless there's drastic added functionality, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which sometimes it can be, but I think a little bit less so perhaps on, on the OS level. At least from my perspective, when it comes to to music applications, that mm -hmm. but when Apple actually rolled out the AU format, that was part of the operating system, and that was a big thing. That it was, yeah, we're going to be able to run music plugins on an operating system level type of right. thing. So, what are some of the cons of upgrading too soon? Well, conflicts primarily, 
right? Where it could be, like you mentioned, plugins that are no longer compatible, right? Mm -hmm. That you rely on. And then you'll have to decide that if they're such a big part of your workflow that you need them, well, I would strongly suggest not upgrading yet and waiting until they are or if they ever will become compatible. That's a big so, key right there. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not they'll ever be upgraded. Because that, that was the thing with obviously the shift from 32 to 64. And we had sort of like patches for that. What was that? It was 32 lives mm-hmm. at one point, right? There was like a wrapper of sorts, I believe, that allowed you to do it. But then at some point also that went, you know, tits up and didn't work anymore. So there are those things, and even on the hardware level, right? It's just compatibility. Like there's software that you rely on in your day-to-day work, make sure it's compatible before you take the plunge. Developers are usually pretty good at that. And they even send out mailers. Like I got one from Slate just this week and say, hey, don't upgrade to Monterey yet. You know, we're working on it getting as fast as possible. But I think everybody kind of does that. If you want to be on the bleeding edge, maybe you're going to get cut sometimes, right? You mentioned real briefly there hardware, and then you went right back to software. So hardware conflicts. Let's say that in my example where the computer got fried and I had to get a new machine, my old Mm -hmm. audio interface no longer interfaced with the new computer. I had to get an audio interface upgrade, so to speak, along with the new computer. You have gone through the problem Mm -hmm. of having an audio interface that was no longer compatible due to its drivers when you updated to a certain OS. I had that happen. It was an older piece of kit, fully functional, worked great. I love the converters and all this kind of stuff, but it was an older piece of hardware. The company had come out with newer versions of said interface and we're no longer supporting it with the older drivers for, for that. It's like Those legacy software. Bastards. It just Well, that's the reality of the situation though, of right? You know, whether it's a driver issue or, you know, a connectivity thing, you know, FireWire 400 has gone away. Even 800 has gone away. Right. Well, that was my reasoning for having to get the new interface is that the port no longer existed. Yeah. So you can deal with dongles and things like that. But I think you're possibly just kicking the can further down the road, right? Because there will inevitably be something that that's not going to work anymore, right? Or there will be conflicts that just make it pain to to kind of work with. Mm -hmm. I ended up with an update. I I had to get a new interface and I could eventually move on from the OS I was on because I was starting to use other software as well. And in true Apple fashion, that was only going to work on a certain OS forward. (laughs) So it was like, okay, well, all right. And then you upgrade and then you have to decide which one weighs out or what wins out. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you go with the newer functionality and upgrade some hardware or are you really satisfied with what you have and keep working on that until you're not anymore and then you have to do it? So so conflicts are something that we have to be aware of. You and I have talked about it before and you might even have mentioned on the podcast, but when the latest Mac Pros came out, right, yes. these monster machines that could cost as much of a house in certain parts of the country, right, <laughs> if you max them out. <laughs> are now going to not be able to run. I think it's on whatever is going to come after Monterey, I think is not going to be able to run the the latest OS anymore. That's the understanding that I have. I think so. And we'll see, even with all the universal binaries and stuff, but it's good. Nope, it's going to be just M1 and forward, right? 
Yep. So you have Apple to... Silicon going forward. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, compatibility. That that's that's the big one. And as always, it can. You know, you mentioned drivers and things, and the, one of the pros is obviously like possible bug fixes, but it can also create new bugs. Yes. Right. So functionality that right you. Yeah, that I would say so. Absolutely. So these are things that you have to put in mind. Before we move on to the next section here in the podcast, let's just take a mm -hmm. word from our sponsors. And we're back. What are we talking about now, Chris? Well, the next thing that we're going to talk about is, are you working on a solid system? And if you are, why are you upgrading? So what are your thoughts on that? As my recent experience has been made yes. with doing an upgrade <laughs> as of like a week and a half ago, mm -hmm. it came down to, yes, I did have a working solid system. However, due to the ecosystem that I was in, yeah. certain problems arose when a couple of devices were updated to the latest OS and a couple of them were not. And then there were software conflicts. And of course, the big tech company was like, not talking about it is the best way to put it. <laughs> and their answer after spending hours beta testing, so to speak, came back saying, we know about this. We're not talking about it. If it's a problem for you, tough shit is yeah. essentially what the answer was. And that's the big middle finger that Apple will give you. At that point, I had to heavily weigh, do I upgrade the OS on the other devices in order to get rid of this conflict because it's going to drive me out of my mind, yeah. even though I had a solid working system? The answer to that question was, after doing a software check of everything that I use and making the determination of if there's anything I'm using that isn't compatible, do I wish to continue using it going forward? And after yeah. weighing that all out, it was like, fuck it, I'm going for the upgrade. Because literally like 98% of everything was there to work in Big Sur. And this is what, a year, almost a year after Big Sur was released. I finally yeah, they, I upgraded mean, to Big Sur. Yeah, I mean, they're rolling them out every year now. Well, they always Every's, have. Yeah, I guess. But it felt like it was more, and this might be just, you know, selective memory, but it felt like it was more of incremental changes in the past. But has it really been, I mean, after it rolled into 10, was it really every year that something new came out? Pretty much. They've done a new OS literally just about every year. I, I must have selective memory because I... I it feels like they've sped them up, but maybe it's just because I'm paying attention to it more. I, I don't <laughs> maybe. know. So yeah. that was me waiting almost a year to go to Big Sur, and now they're announcing Monterey. It's like, oh, good God. But I'm thinking that the difference between Big Sur and Monterey is going to be a lot more minimal, which means I'll probably be upgrading to Monterey sooner than a year. We'll see. Yeah, it, it seems like the big shift has possibly been done with, you know, Apple Silicon. Right. There is that, one more that, big shift. It comes after Monterey. Yeah, there is no Intel chips. Like you have an Intel chip. chip. Yeah, sorry. You're, you're, you're shit out of luck. So Monterey is the out. EOL of my machines that I currently have. And then, of course, in about a year, I'm going to have to consider upgrading to Apple Silicon. And it's the same sort of thing that's kind of happening right now also with the people that run Windows. Because apparently it's a really massive jump to go from Windows 10 to Windows 11. Yeah. And people are talking about whether the hardware will work with it. I actually just read an article this morning. If I'm not mistaken, somebody got Windows 11 to run on like a 10-year-old PC. 
Wow. And I was kind of like, well, that's impressive. And I think that's the whole point of the article was just like, yes, we did it. But how effective is it in doing that? You don't know. Kudos to Microsoft then, I suppose. But that is one of the things that is different. And or you could see it as a pro or a con. But because Apple in the Mac is a closed ecosystem, mm -hmm. they can control, obviously, the entire ecosystem. Whereas on the Windows side, it is much wider. So they have all these other parameters to kind of consider or not consider. Well, right? the other so, thing too to think about with Windows is just they're still going on with Intel chips. Nothing's changing there. Well, there is that as well. But I'm saying just from an operating system standpoint, they can seem possibly less ruthless with what they support anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's something that Apple has done, I mean, forever. <laughs> They've and, always and been they, ruthless. <laughs> yeah, and it could be, I mean, I, I remember, again, I'm really dating myself here, but I remember when they came out, I think it was the when they went to the G3, and they said, like, yeah, we're not going to have floppy disks anymore. Mm. And like, what, what? But it's like, yeah, <laughs> it, and now it's like floppy disks. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? So they've always done that. And they did the same with the SCSI connection and later on with Firewire 400, 800. So, so they can draw these sort of like hard lines in the sand. Like we're not going to support this anymore because they have that the entire ecosystem sort of contained. Mm -hmm. Whether you think that's good or bad, uh, that's up for debate, I suppose. Right. The, the takeaway is, is that when you have a solid system, if it's not tied to the internet, generally speaking, you're probably not going to worry about doing that upgrade because the system works and you're good. Yeah. However, there are times where it's incredibly stupid to pick a point to upgrade an OS on a machine. And that is when you're in the middle of a giant project. Unless oh God, your machine yes. dies, it's incredibly stupid to upgrade right in the middle of a project. Pick yeah. a point in time where you're going to have downtime in order to do it. Or simply take the downtime and go, I will not be able to take on any work from this and this date. So you know that this is set aside to do the hardware and the software upgrades that you might want to do. Yes, that's uh, the it, wise way of doing it. I see that again. And it's, it's not like it's necessarily reflective of the real world, but... People are complaining like, well, I was in the middle of mixing this project and now my plugins don't work. But what did you do? Well, well I upgraded. <laughs> well, why did you do that? You know, it is alarmingly common, I think. Oh, yeah. And people it, don't think about it. I mean, you we probably shouldn't mention the name, but it was a, a friend and collaborator of yours that just had a similar experience. Right? About a year ago, yeah. And it had to do with... OSs, right? It so. did. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, again, if you have, if you're in the middle of a project, don't upgrade. If there's a plugin update that promises to fix something you have an issue with, that might be a different story. But don't upgrade just for the upgrade sake of it. It is never, strong word, but I would say it would never work out the way that you're hoping it will. <laughs> Even if you're ready to do it, there's times when it doesn't work out the way you hope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is something you want to get off your chest here. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's, I'm going to touch on this since we're talking yeah, about you affecting you the should. workflow and whatnot. I made that choice and I figured, okay, I've got this span of time from a Thursday to a Tuesday where I can make this happen. And I did that jump to Big Sur. My first experience of doing it 
is something that I tend to recommend, especially when it's a big OS change, like it was from Catalina to Big Sur, which it will be from Monterey to whatever the next OS is for Apple. And essentially what it is uh, right now with Windows 10 going to Windows 11, from what I understand. And that is, I wipe the machine clean and I start yeah. with a fresh install of the OS and I'm porting over literally whatever documents. I've, of course, I've made a giant backup in order to yeah, do that. Yeah, I was that. just going to say, make sure that you get that out there, that you make it a backup of the working system. And I do have that backup sitting on a RAID system so that if even one of the RAID drives dies, I still have the backup and I can stick another RAID drive in there and it recreates itself and it's all good. I do do massive backups whenever something big like that happens so yeah. that I can run it. In addition to that, I also set up a virtual machine to run that system, which is something I've never done before. It's the first time I've ever done that. Yeah. So I did that as well. I did two things. I did a major backup and then I created a virtual machine that could still run that machine from the new OS. Now, I wiped the machine clean. I did an install. The new OS did something funky in the disk management system that I had never seen before, and it split my hard drive in two. Oops. It, it isn't technically, apparently it's not an oops. It's meant to do this, but it renamed it the same thing with the same name, but with an extension on the other name, which didn't oh, make would, sense to me. And I yeah, booted would, up, I had problems going on, and all of a sudden I go back into the ability to deal with the OS on a non-computer level, so to speak, from the user's situation. And I delete the extra drive and try to boot again, thinking that that was creating the problem, and that hosed the machine completely. Now uh, I'm freaking out because the machine won't boot. And eventually I got the machine back into what they call recovery mode and tried to wipe it again and reinstall the OS. And instead of allowing me to do the latest and greatest in Big Sur for the Mac Pro that I have, it took me back to Yosemite, which is the Ugh. OS that came with the machine. And then wow. I had to install Yosemite. Once I got that back up, then I go back into recovery mode again, and then it allowed me to wipe it again and put on Big Sur. That is not to say that it hasn't been problematic. <laughs> now that I've had Big Sur and I've installed all the software and everything, I still have little weird things happening. I've been dealing with Apple for hours on these little things, and they can't figure it out. Even after big data dumps, they've got senior engineers working on it. And my understanding is that probably come Monday of next week, they will tell me, you need to reinstall the system again. At which mm -hmm. point I'm going to just be like, shit. However, the good thing is, is I won't have to reinstall all the software being that it's already on the OS. It can allow for a clean install over the OS and keep all the data. So that's what I plan on doing when I get told that. So hmm. it was not as smooth as I had hoped. It is probably the least smooth OS upgrade I've ever had. I generally have not had problems like that when I've gone for a clean install of an OS. It's usually just you install it, you install your software, you pull your documents that you want back off of your backups onto your computer, and you're good to go. This is the first time where that's not happened. And it's a little frustrating. Sure. Incredibly frustrating, no matter what kind of issues arise. I did make the backups. I did make a virtual machine. I could technically go back, although I'm not going to because there were other things with the updates of other devices that caused me to really rethink of like, hey, I need to do this going forward. Plus, there was a recent update 
in addition to all of this with the main DAW that I use for tracking yeah. and sometimes mixing because now I'm switching it off between two different DAWs. And they've added functionality to Logic yeah. that apparently you can't upgrade to because you're not running Big Sur. Right. Yet. Yeah, I'm on Catalina. Yeah. You know, it, it shouldn't be taken necessarily as an indicative, but you and I being as close as we are and hearing your war stories there, I am not tempted at all to go to Big Sur <laughs> until I, I get the chance. That, of course, is not to say that I will have the same issues doing that. So anybody listening, don't let that sway too much. It's just that these are stories that can happen. Yes. And, you know, things that you want to take into consideration. If you're relying on your system for your living, then, yeah, be a little hesitant, check out user groups and, and wait a while, you know, unless you're, you know, one of those people that you like to carry a sword in one hand and a torch in the other. Let's go, <laughs> let's do this, you know. Well, and I generally like to do that. It's just that this wasn't the most pleasant experience and I'm still kind of dealing with it even after a week and a half, which is not to say that I'm not working. I'm back to working. It's just there's little functionality things that may require me to actually install the OS yet again, which is a drag, yeah. but I'm not against it. And the bigger thing, I know that you're not one of those people to constantly wipe your machine and start fresh. No. No, I am. I yeah. feel like it's just because the new OS is probably going to have weird anomalies with the old OS, that kind of thing. So me having problems, having upgraded on a clean machine is a little strange. You know, I can see the point because I've had both experiences. I've had cases where just doing the upgrade has been absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. But then in my experience, it's been also that, you know, you do that twice, maybe even a third time, and then weird things start happening. I had that happen when I made the jump to Mojave. And it was just like, yeah, it slowed my system down to a crawl. It was like, it, this is not happening. Now, thankfully, I have a separate system. I have my laptop system that I like to check things on. Mm -hmm. And it was similarly spec to the, the main machine I was running at the time. So I didn't lose functionality at that point, but then I, I wiped it clean and fresh installed and everything was beautiful. You know, And I think it has to do with just old code being overwritten and old preference files and all this kind of junk that just kind of stays. Well, in. that's a key and thing that you just said right there, those old preference yeah. files, which is why I like to wipe clean and just do a fresh install. The other thing it causes me to do is take stock of yeah. what am I actually using? What do I need to keep? What do I not need to reinstall? And in addition to that, when developers are updating software... You get the freshest install on a clean OS. That's the best way I like looking at it. And yeah. I don't mind taking the time to do the install. If everything's clean and it's awesome, I'm good. I'm cool. But one other thing you need to think about, and it's interesting you bring up the fact you have your laptop and then you have your other machine and they're similarly spec'd, is can your machine actually run the new OS? Because yeah. Running a new OS on an old machine could mean that your processor is suddenly going to be like, motherfucker, I'm getting hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's one of those things that it tends to, you know, make use of the, the newer chips and all the power and stuff that comes along with newer machines. And it doesn't mean that your old machine 
can handle it. And sometimes it's even worse. Like we upgrade to what we think is going to be better and it just worsens everything because it's so slow and it's sluggish to do what we used to take for granted, right? So However, the upgrade does, sometimes yes. those upgrades can make things faster. And yes. as my experience in this last week and a half has proven to myself other than the other weird anomalies that are happening, with Catalina, my machine would take forever to boot up. Yeah. But once it was booted, it was lightning fast. With Big Sur, my machine boots up instantly. It's fast. Wow. However, there's a couple of other things that have slowed down a little bit. And that is opening sessions with plugins that aren't quite Big Sur compatible yet. So I do have a couple of plugins that are running in Big Sur, but they are mm -hmm. not Big Sur compatible even though I've got gotcha. the latest installers. And those cause sessions to load a little bit slow. But once they're open, they're running. It's, I'm not they're noticing fine. any speed difference there. It's just opening a file once in a while. It's just a little bit slow. Hmm. And I, I have no idea how that would work between Windows 10 and Windows 11, but that might be the same case. Even though somebody's got Windows 11 to run on a really old PC, it's probably not running efficiently is the best yeah. way to think about it. So now we're on this topic of talking about reinstalling everything. I just want to say that I'm one of those people that I am firmly planted in the pro iLock camp. I'm right there with you. Because when you do a clean install, it's so much easier to just, you reinstall the software, plug in your iLock, and boom, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. right? so, Agreed. That way you don't have to worry about, oh, God, did I not deauthorize my machine? Do I need to reauthorize it? Where's my serial number? That stuff sucks. There's no I, question about it. I think so, it. too. I, I just yeah. hate it. So yeah. I'm with you on that. It, the iLock is so much better. Just install the software, plug in the iLock, you're good to go, and you're ready to rock. And with that, let's talk about our Friday finds for this week. Chris, what have you got? Well, I haven't got this, but my find for this week is, of course, it was announced the new MacBook Pros mm. that came out with the new M1 chip. It's going to be the M1 Pro or the M1 Max. And Yummy. Yeah, the specs on that just look amazing. People have been asking for for the, the first iteration of, of the Mac Silicon was the, the RAM limit, right? Mm -hmm. Now you can go up to 32 and 64 and more processors, and yeah, they just look sexy as all hell, man. So <laughs> you ready to have sex to be, with a machine? Yeah, yeah. So that that has to be my Friday fun for this week. What about you, Jody? What do you got? I'm going in with something a little bit different. I'm looking at the Roland Zen Tracker, and that is a brand new DAW. Not really a DAW, but it is a multi-track audio program for your iPhone and your iPad put out by Roland, okay. where you can then record audio multi-track form. It's kind of like going back to a Tascam Porta 1 in a sense, but you're doing it with a phone or your iPad. So I'm looking at the Zen Tracker. I'm going to check that out. Cool. Yeah. Good. All and right, while awesome. we've got your attention, we would like you to go to our website and leave us a review at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com forward slash review, or just go to InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and sign up for our email list. 
Doing so gets you weekly reminders about the Tuesday tips that we put out, and we'll make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. Plus, the extra bonuses when you're on our email list and we're doing a giveaway, you're automatically entered for that giveaway. How cool is that? If you send us an email to goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the phrase, operating system, you will get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic of suggestion for Chris and I to explain in a future episode, contact us on the contact page at the website, and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. And with that, I'll say see you next week. Have a good one, Jody. Thank you for listening, everybody. Everybody.